to be free from anxiety. That's what this passage is about. Jesus wants to help us be free from anxiety. And we saw that because I think at least five times in this passage, let's see if we can circle them. He says, do not be anxious. It doesn't do you any good to be anxious. Why are you anxious? Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. So one, two, three, four, five times. And I called that the main point and noted that everything else in this unit is an argument in favor of or helping us experience that main point of freedom from anxiety. Here's the three lessons. I said that we're aiming at six lessons about how to read the Bible from this unit, and here are three of them. The Bible, I concluded, argues. That is, it gives reasons or arguments. It's not a string of pearls. It's a chain of linked thoughts that was transformative in my life when I was 22 years old to discover not a string of pearls, a chain of linked thoughts. Second lesson, each unit of thought has a main point. That is, what that means is, Everything else in the unit supports it. And the third lesson is figuring out how these supports work, how they support, is what it means to understand a passage or a text. So that's what we want to do now. We want to go back here and look at these arguments and see if we can begin to understand them. And in other words, you can see the surface structure of a text, that it has these main points. It has a main point stated five times, and it has nine supporting elements. You can see that. You can even name them the kind of supporting elements they are, and you haven't thought very much about how they work. So that, that tough job of thinking is what we try to do now. So this, therefore, at the beginning of verse 25, signals that this is an argument from which we infer we shouldn't be anxious. How does it work? Well, what does it say? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other, And then he sums it up, you cannot serve God and money. So don't be anxious about what you shall eat or drink or wear. In other words, things that money can buy, like food and drink and clothing, all of which are necessary for life, at least in Minnesota, clothing is necessary for life. Money can buy those things. If you devote yourself 
to money. That is, if you calculate your life to maximize getting more to eat, more to drink, more to put on, more money to secure that, you will cut yourself off from God. You cannot love money like that and love God like that. Therefore, don't love money like that. That's my effort to understand, to think into how this therefore actually works. So you work on that and see if uh, you think I've, I've come close. Money, if you pursue it in such a way that you're calculating everything in your life to get more and, and keep more money that will buy food and money that will buy clothes and money that will buy drink, you cannot serve God. And if you are not serving God, you are in big trouble. So don't be anxious about what you shall eat, what you shall put on, what you shall drink as though money were that important and the things money can buy. That's argument number one, which might shock you because you say, well, goodness gracious, our lives depend on it. And here, here comes the next argument. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? As if he foresaw, so here's argument number one, here's number two, as if he foresaw what we were going to think. Is not life more than food? Is not the body more than clothing? Therefore, do not be anxious. Now, how does that work? Because on the face of it, you'd think, well, if, if life is more than food, and if the body is more than clothing, then to lose your life and to lose the body is worse than losing food and clothing. So you better get food and clothing so you don't lose them. Ah, but you won't lose them if you lose food and clothing because they're more than what food and clothing can sustain. You see how the argument works? It, life is more than is sustained by food. The body is more than is preserved by clothing in bitter cold. And since life is more and the body is more... You should be concerned about the, the more, the kingdom effects of life, the eternal nature of the body and life, not about keeping it alive here. The steadfast love of the Lord is better than life, the psalmist says. So the argument here is don't be anxious about the food and drink and clothing that will sustain physical life so much because life is more than physical and the body is more than physical. That is, this worldly, it's going to be raised from the dead. That's argument number two. And then comes a longer one. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? That's an argument within the argument. <laughs> so how does that argument, how do the pieces of that argument hang together? Look at the birds. They, um, they don't have a process of storage. They don't sow, reap, and gather into barns. We're so concerned about having our barns, having enough food for the winter. What do the birds do? They get one worm at a time. They, they eat one day at a time, and they're not anxious about it. 
your heavenly Father feeds them. So where are they getting their food when they ask for their daily bread or work for their daily bread and not for gathering into barns? They get it from their Father. And then comes the clinching premise. You are of more value than they. So if your Father provides for these daily bread-seeking birds, will he not much more care for you? That's the argument. Yes, he will. That's argument number three. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his or a single hour to his span of life? That's argument number four, and it's the simplest probably of all. And some people who's a cynics would say, well, good grief. This doesn't affect me very much. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour? In other words, um, anxiety does no good. It doesn't help you. So don't do it. You just make matters worse when you're anxious. Let's do one more, and then we'll cut it off and finish it next time. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? That's, that's the longest argument of all. That's argument number, what is it? Five. And how does that work? Well, the lilies, um, they don't toil or spin. Now, the point of that is not that, that they're lazy, but that their beautiful garments come from somewhere besides themselves. God clothes them. And they are clothed with more beautiful clothing than Solomon. God clothes lilies that don't anxiously work. And then he adds one more premise. And this grass of the field, these lilies, are alive today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, which means they are ephemeral. And that's the contrast with you. They are alive today and tomorrow they're thrown into the oven and God still takes care of them with beautiful clothing Will he not much more clothe you because you are not ephemeral? Your life is more than food and clothing, and therefore surely he will take care of you. So that's what I mean by trying to figure out how the arguments work to sustain the main point. Understanding a text. Understanding a text is discerning what the main point is and then figuring out what supports it and figuring out how it supports it and then living that out in our lives. So we'll pick it up here and finish this next time.